In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, and here we are on the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, We are nearing the end of the liturgical cycle, the temporal cycle of the Christian year, and Advent is upon us. And the propers, the readings, reflect this because they're focused on, as you can tell, eschatology, on last things. Uh, The four categories of eschatology being uh, death, judgment, heaven, and hell. So our readings are focused on the day of the Lord, on the return of Christ. And so the pump is being primed, as it were. Our hearts are being prepared for Advent, which is itself a season of preparation for the arrival of Jesus Christ. His arrival in the Christian year on Christmas, his arrival, his birth in our hearts afresh, and his arrival at the end of the age, when he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. So Advent, and you'll hear this a lot in two weeks, is just as much about the second coming as it is the first. Uh, it concerns both Advents. Advent meaning arrival. And today's gospel, the parable of the talents, concerns both Advents. In the past, and presumably in the future, I'll do sermons on how it pertains to the first advent, because people read it and assume it only has to do with eschatology, and that is not the case. But today, we're going to focus on that for the church. Those of us who are living now, we who are on this side of the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus, this parable functions as an exhortation and a warning to be good stewards of the new covenant and therefore to be prepared for Christ's arrival in all the senses of his arrival. The church and we, her members, have been entrusted with, quote, talents. And we aren't to squander them or bury them in the earth, but rather we are to be faithful stewards of them. Now this begs the question, what are talents? In antiquity, a talent was a large monetary measurement, i.e. a talent is money. But what do talents symbolize in this parable? Are talents your talents? The things you have a knack for or are gifted at? Uh, The Oxford Dictionary defines a talent in this sense as a natural aptitude or skill. But if we interpret the word symbolically that way in Matthew 25, we're left with a very odd statement. Because in Matthew 25, the master gave talents, quote, to each according to his own ability. You see how that's redundant? That's odd. So he gave abilities according to abilities. Or if you say that, oh, he gave gifts. Okay, so talents in the everyday sense according to ability. 
That doesn't really, in my view, make sense either because the gift, the aptitude, is prior to the ability or skill. So what's going on? What are talents? Well, you might say talents are spiritual gifts, and you would be correct. You'd be in good company with the fathers, but we still have some work to do. So you're going to need to stick with me. It's going to be worth it. What we're going to do this morning is we're going to live today's collect, one of my favorite collects in the Book of Common Prayer. We are going to be hearing, reading, marking, learning, and by the grace of God, inwardly digesting the Holy Scriptures. Taking talents as symbolizing spiritual gifts begs another question. What is meant by according to ability? What kind of ability or skill are we talking about? It cannot mean that spiritual gifts are given in accordance with what we might call natural ability. That the smartest, the strongest, the most able, the most skilled get the most talents, get the most spiritual gifts or areas of stewardship. Because we know that it's not always the most talented people that God entrusts with great spiritual gifts and responsibilities in areas of stewardship. Throughout Scripture, throughout history, it's often the weak and the unlikely that God raises up to do great things. Yes, it's a both and. Yes, sometimes God calls people according to their strengths. And then that person in the power of the Holy Spirit appropriates their strengths, their skills, their abilities for the sake of the kingdom of God. But sometimes, God calls people according to their weakness and then equips them to answer said call. Talents are not given according to ability in a colloquial or worldly sense, but according to grace. That is according to participation in the life of God, thus according to spiritual ability or skill. The word virtue is related to the concept of skill. So to be virtuous in a Christian sense is to be one who, has, who is skilled at living in a way that is consonant with his or her nature and telos, which is to be like God, to be in union with God. In Romans 12, which is an illuminating cross-reference, I think, for the parable of the talents. I think it's actually the key. St. Paul is discussing spiritual gifts, that we're one body with many members and many gifts. He says this, he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. The gifts are given according to grace. 
Grace here referring to the life or energies of God in which we participate. So if one has the gift, the talent of prophecy, the weight of the gift and the attendant ministry is in proportion to his or her faith. So we are given different spiritual gifts, different talents, according to ability, that is, according to grace. But regardless of our gift or gifts, regardless of the weight or the number of them, let us use them, as Paul says. Gifts and talents are bound up with stewardship and vocation. A talent is a God-given opportunity or ministry and the spiritual gift given to make the most of that opportunity. I was trying this week to figure out a way that I could say two things, two sentences at once. Because you really need to. It's a spiritual gift, yes. But it's also, a, a talent is stewardship of an opportunity of a part of God's world. It's a ministry. And I know that word, that just makes you think, okay, I gotta go become a priest. No, you don't. Everyone has a ministry. Your life is a ministry. Honoring the Lord your God in word and deed is a ministry. So spiritual gifts are bound up with vocation with ministry. Verses 21 and 23 of Matthew 25, I think, give evidence of this, that talents have to do with vocation and stewardship of the peace of the world, the peace of the kingdom that God entrusts to you. What does he say? Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. That's leadership, that's stewardship, that's management, that's ministry. I will make you ruler over many things. This is language of vocation. I mean, this is Edenic language of vocation. Ruler over many things. Human beings are to be the rulers of the world. Not instead of God, but for God as his vice regents, as his image bearers. This goes back to the Garden of Eden, where the first humans were given dominion over the creation. They were given a job to expand the borders of God's dwelling, to make the whole world as Eden, and to be fruitful and to multiply. We have a vocation as the church, and Christ has bestowed upon his church by the Spirit the gifts needed to fulfill that vocation. Verse 14, first verse in our gospel, in our pericope. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. At one level, this is an image of the incarnation and more pointedly, the ascension. St. Paul says of our Lord in Ephesians 4 that when he ascended up on high, it's the ascension, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. That is unto mankind. Ladies, you didn't get left out of that. 
We could call those gifts talents. God has given you a job. Maybe you don't want another job. You're busy enough with the one that you have. But he's given you one. He has entrusted you with a piece of his world. With a piece of his kingdom. He has given you a ministry and he has gifted you in order that you may steward it faithfully and fruitfully. And as an aside, this isn't something that you do in isolation by yourself. This is a group project. Yes, there's many members, but we can't forget. It's one body working in concert. Scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required. And the reality is, is that we've all been entrusted with much. Remember that just one talent is a fortune. It's 20 years of labor. So brothers and sisters, give no thought to the scope of your calling. Instead, give all of your energy to being faithful to what God has entrusted to you. And keep in mind two things real quick. When it comes to vocation, faithfulness to the human and Christian vocation results in the same reward. Whether you have one talent or five talents. So whether you're leading a Bible study with five people in it or you're the bishop of an entire diocese, the reward for faithfulness is the same. He says to both the one with two and the one with five, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Second, faithfulness with what you're given, the, the few things, the seemingly small opportunities lead to greater opportunity and responsibility. This sort of reckoning, yes, will happen fully and finally at the end of the age, but it happens throughout our lives. I mean, many of you have experienced this uh, in your earthly vocation, the job you get paid to do. You started out with a very simple job and with menial tasks, and you did the best that you could do. And what did that lead to? More tasks, bigger tasks, more responsibility. The kingdom of God is not altogether different. Oh, you did well over this little ministry, the one talent, the two talents. Here's You've been faithful in a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Strictly speaking, talents in Matthew 25 are spiritual gifts bound up with vocation. Stewardship of opportunities, areas of leadership, ministry. But there's... An ascetic, there's a spiritual principle in this text of faithfulness that applies to all gifts, even talents in the colloquial sense. 
So we kind of threw it up, but now we're, there's a principle of faithfulness, and we're going to bring back talents, how we think about them in everyday usage. The book of James says that every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. Your family is a gift. Your spouse, your children, your time that you're given is a gift. Your talents in the everyday sense of the word are gifts. And remember that gifts are meant to be used. If you have a gift, that means you have a calling. Are you stewarding those gifts well? St. Gregory the Great said that hiding a talent in the earth means employing one's abilities in earthly affairs, failing to seek spiritual profit, never raising one's heart from earthly thoughts. In other words, instead of using one's gifts for the kingdom, it's using them for our own ends. It's setting our minds on the things of this earth, forgetting about the age to come and that the master will return. And when our Lord returns, we want to be ready. We want to be awake and sober, as St. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5. So let us then be good stewards of all that God has given us so that we may flourish so that we may live the abundant life for which we were created and redeemed, so that when Christ arrives in the Christian year, in our hearts afresh, on the altar and at the last day, he may say to each and every one of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee a ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord.